Welcome to the Not-For-Profit On Purpose podcast series. This series is designed to help guide you on your journey through the not-for-profit space in terms of all things not-for-profit, including structures, setting up your not-for-profit, how you report, board governance, accounting, and anything else you could possibly think of in regards to not-for-profit. Today, Justin Hogg here from RightSource in a slightly new location, but talking about governance, not-for-profits, um, and all those type of topics. So today, it's really a discussion about what makes a good board chair. And really, for a lot of people, a board is a bit of a mysterious thing. It's a bit odd and a bit you know, black box, if you like, because it's all done behind closed doors. So if you're not part of the board meeting, it's sort of like, well, what is it? And it's this bringing together of you know, a diverse range of people, with different skills um, to act together as a team, but also to act together individually and to bring about in that process uh, value to the organization in terms of its direction and its, its overall strategy in terms of an organization. Now, that group of people, that board, has a chair and that, the role of the chair in a board is to, well, it's actually quite broad and this is probably one of the issues. So a chair is um, often described as first among equals. So all the directors are equal, all have an equal role, equal responsibility in the organization, as does the chair. The chair's role, though, is to do a lot of things in regard to the board functioning. So it's about you know, facilitating the meeting and making sure the meeting runs effectively. It's about making sure director recruitment's done. It's liaising with the CEO. It's advocating to stakeholders. It's um, being part of the succession planning, being about skills planning. It's understanding the risk, making sure the training of all the directors is up to scratch about all the directors across the organization. So there is, and that's just off the top of my head, there is the, the role of the chair is quite a, a large role and often underestimated in terms of both the time and the skill set that's required. So when you talk about all those skills, all that, that work that a chair needs to do, what is it that really makes a good chair? I've worked with a number of boards, um, worked with a number of chairs, and I can tell you that where I've seen a good chair, even the best chairs that I work with, aren't experts at all that they need to be expert at. They're not necessarily technically best at board recruitment or at board facilitation even, or you know, advocating to government. They're not experts at all of that. And frankly, to think you could be is, I mean, that would be an incredibly rare individual. What I find the single thing that determines a good chair is their ability to lead. So their leadership ability, that's what it comes down to. What you see with a good chair when they have that leadership ability is they have that ability to understand their own personal weaknesses and also the needs of the, both the directors individually on the board as a collective and the organization. And as a leader, they work out the best way to fill those gaps. So it's about delegating effectively. And one really important part of this delegation process isn't that the chair absolves themselves of the responsibility. It's still their responsibility. They're still accountable for the board running effectively, for advocacy happening, for the organization functioning. That still relies with them as the leader. But they don't feel they have to do it all themselves. So they bring the experts in and fill those gaps with people who are really good at what they do. So if we look at an example where um, a chair might look 
to delegate something, one of the most common areas is advocacy. Um, so what you'll have quite often is you'll have a chair and a board and maybe the chair isn't experienced in advocacy or hasn't done a lot of it, but either their CEO that they've got in place is or been a long-standing member of the industry or they've got a part of their executive team who's great at advocacy. What you'll find is that that person will be delegated the role of doing the advocacy work. We'll obviously communicate with the chair because the chair is still responsible, so they still need to know what's going on. But the person with the skills and the delivery in understanding the right way to go about it and the, the message to be communicated is the one who takes care of the work. As well as delegating to the executive, it's also potential um, to delegate to other board members who might have the skills. So the chair might be leading the board or be the, that leader, but it doesn't mean that others on the team might not be able to take the load of some of that work. So again, with the advocacy thing, you might have a director who's got the experience, they run with it. Another way that I've seen it done as well in terms of sharing that responsibility is to actually have a co-chair. Uh, sometimes when you want the person external to the organization representing the organization as a chair and then someone doing the internal work as a chair, you have that co-chair relationship. You still need to have a very clear understanding of who's responsible for what, Quite often, even though as a co-chair, you still have one chair who is responsible as the chair. But either way, it's all about that delegation and bringing the right people into your team that have the skills to deliver for the team. And as a leader, that's what the leadership aspect is so important about, is being able to be not feel that you need to deliver everything because leadership isn't necessarily about technical ability. Leadership is about foresight and being that leader. So in other areas that you can see this delegation, so we talked about advocacy a bit, I mean, when you look at recruitment, either CEO recruitment or board recruitment, quite often you get a specialized recruitment firm or recruiter to do, it might be internal HR. When you're looking at, at board review process, a performance review, again, that can often be done by an external facilitator, the company secretary can do it at times. When you're looking at facilitation of sessions for the board, be a strategy facilitation, quite often you get in an expert who's an expert at facilitating those sessions because you want to get the most out of them. Similarly, you can look at the actual meeting process that a board does, and sometimes you get a facilitator in to run those meetings, even though the chair is still the chair, there's someone actually running those meetings, or the chair's doing it with the, the close assistance of the company secretary is an option. So when you start to break down the role of the chair, because it's so faceted and so there's just a litany of tasks, you can see that there are absolutely options in terms of bringing in that external help. So when we come back to what makes a good chair, a good chair is a good leader. And a good leader makes a team go from good to great. And it's not about them having the technical skills, but it's them being aware enough to understand what is needed and to bring in the skills where they are needed to make that team great. So that's my thoughts on what makes a good chair. I hope you enjoyed today's video. Uh, definitely check out other videos we've got on YouTube. We've got a whole heap on not-for-profits and governance, so definitely check out there. Otherwise, we do do a monthly rendezvous where we catch up and talk about these things, so check that out. I appreciate your time. Thanks for watching. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource. If you liked what you heard today, feel free to subscribe to the podcast series. And if you'd like some more information, check me out on LinkedIn. I'm happy to connect and answer any questions you might have. Otherwise, thanks for listening. It's Justin Hogg from RightSource.